This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Thursday, September 15th, 2022. Hope you guys had a great Thursday today. And before we jump into news, let's do a quick On This Day in History. On This Day in History, September 15th, 1835, HMS Beagle with Charles Darwin on board reaches the Galapagos Islands. And we all know what came of that. Thanks, Charles. 1916, first use of tanks in warfare, the Little Willies at Battle of Flares Courchelette, part of the Battle of the Somme. 1928, Scottish bacteriologist Alexander Fleming discovers penicillin while studying influenza. Well, the more you know. 1940, Battle of Britain Day, climax of the Battle of Britain. Tide begins to turn as the Royal Air Force repulses a major Luftwaffe attack losing 29 aircraft to the Germans, 57 to 61. So a big win there. 1949, The Lone Ranger premieres on ABC TV. Hi-yo, silver away! And famous September 15th birthdays, Marco Polo, William Howard Taft, Agatha Christie, Ashley Cooper, Dan Marino, and... Prince Harry, womp womp. I was going to say you're in good company if you got a birthday today, but Prince Harry kind of ruined the batch. So, nonetheless, this has been On This Day in History for September 15th. Now, question for you. Do you have a podcast or are thinking about starting one? Does your church have a podcast feed for sermons? Then dropwave.io is for you. Cancel culture is like walking on a thin glass bridge over the Grand Canyon. Every step you take could get you killed. Oh, sorry, I mean canceled. Ha, whoops. Since the beginning of CrossPolitik, it's been working on being anti-fragile. So no matter what happens with our content, it can still be delivered to your TV and to your podcast. This year, this past year, the Waterboy and his friend Jeremy have been working on building a podcast hosting solution for rowdy platforms like CrossPolitik so that you can be confident your podcast will never fall through that glass bridge. DropWave offers seamless onboarding for shows that have been around for years to easy-to-use solutions for starting your own podcast. DropWave will track all your show's downloads by city, state, and country, and it offers network and enterprise packages for solutions like Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Free to speak, free to podcast, free to start your journey now at www.dropwave.io. Mike Lindell says the FBI confiscated his cell phone at drive through of a Hardee's. Yep, you can't make this up. Pillow entrepreneur Mike Lindell claimed that the Federal Bureau of Investigation confiscated his cell phone while he was at a Hardee's restaurant. Lindell made the revelation in a video posted to social media. Today, the FBI, uh, you're going to hear this, and you're probably already hearing it in the news. The FBI came after me and took my phone. They surrounded me at a Hardee's and uh, took my phone that I run all my business, everything with. Um, um, they could have just, what we've done is weaponize the FBI. Um, it's disgusting. I don't have a computer. Everything I do have that phone, everything was on there. And, uh, um, and they told me not to tell anybody. Here's an order not to, don't tell anybody. Okay, I won't. <laughs> well, I am. So, there you go. Lindell further elaborated about the incident on his show, The Lindell Report. He said he was going through the Hardee's drive-thru when FBI agents approached him and demanded he hand over his phone. He said that he eventually handed over his phone after consulting with his lawyer. Lindell said that the search warrant was likely related to his claims about voting machines manufactured by the Dominion Company. He had been one of the foremost proponents of the conspiracy theory. 
or maybe there's some truth to it, that the election was stolen from former President Donald Trump through the use of fraudulent voting machines. The search warrant was likely a part of dozens of subpoenas reportedly issued by the Department of Justice in connection to the probe into efforts to overturn the official results of the election. Dominion filed a $1.3 billion lawsuit in February 2021 over Lindell's accusations. He issued a defiant response over the lawsuit in January. Quote, I want Dominion to put their lawsuit on because we have 100% evidence that China and other countries use their machines to steal the election. End quote. And that was from Lindell. Moving on, White House grapples to avoid a nationwide railroad strike that could send gas prices soaring hamstring supply chain, which is just what we need. The White House is seeking to prevent a nationwide railroad strike that could worsen supply chain bottlenecks and increase gas prices. BNSF CSX Norfolk Southern and Union Pacific announced embargoes on certain shipments earlier this week as negotiations continue with two of the nation's largest railroad unions, the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen and Smart Transportation Division. The Biden administration created a presidential emergency board via executive order two months ago to facilitate the negotiations. Quote, we have made crystal clear to the interested parties the harm that American families, businesses, and farmers and communities would experience if they were not to reach a resolution, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre told reporters on Tuesday, adding that the administration is working with shipping, trucking, and air freight companies to see how they can step in and keep goods moving in case of this rail shutdown. Labor Secretary Marty Walsh is slated to host union leaders and rail company executives on Wednesday morning, according to a statement from a Department of Labor spokesperson. Supply chain bottlenecks driven by widespread labor shortages and lockdowns in Asian manufacturing hubs have impacted the American economy over the past two years, contributing to higher inflation as consumer goods fail to reach shelves. The daily cost of a nationwide rail shutdown could amount to $2 billion, according to a report from the Association of American Railroads. Moving shipments to truckers would require the equivalent of 467,000 additional long-haul trucks per day, growth that would take years of concerted effort to achieve, especially amid a shortage of more than 80,000 truck drivers. The Retail Industry Leaders Association explained in a July letter to the Biden administration that freight rail accounts for 40% of long-distance shipping volume, more than any other mode of transportation. Last month, the White House suggested increasing railroad employee pay by 24% over the next two years, a measure that would lead to an average raise of $11,000 per employee. An agreement based on these terms would lead to the largest general wage increase in nearly 40 years. Association of American Railroad CEO Ian Jeffries said that in a statement. Gas prices would increase between $0.35 cents and $0.75 cents per gallon if a railroad strike continued for multiple days, warned gas buddy analyst Patrick DeHaan. Since ethanol primarily, primarily moves via rail and much like the nation blends ethanol into all grades, it would be a big challenge, he remarked on social media. The national average of gasoline was $2.38 per gallon before Biden assumed office and created an, an increased to $3.53 per gallon by the start of the Russian invasion in Ukraine after surpassing $5 per gallon in early June. Prices have subsided to $3.70 per gallon as of Wednesday. This according to data from AAA. So, that's some good news there from our railways. Uh, keep an eye on that. 
Moving on, CPAC pressuring every GOP office to support bill banning gender surgeries on minors. The Conservative Political Action Coalition, CPAC, sent a letter Tuesday to every Republican in the House of Representatives calling on them to co-sponsor a bill that would ban gender surgeries on minors. The letter, which was first obtained by the Daily Caller, was sent to every House Republican chief of staff, deputy chief of staff, and legislative director that urges them to back Republican Georgia Rep. Majority Taylor Greene's Protect Children's Innocent Act, Innocence Act. The bill charges any person who knowingly performed gender-affirming care on a minor with a Class C felony, which could put them in prison for 10 to 25 years or require a maximum $250,000 fine. The legislation originally introduced on August 19th also prohibits all taxpayer-funded gender-affirming care prohibits institutions of higher education from providing instruction on gender-affirming care and more. Quote, Across the country, we have seen the radical gender politics of the woke left infiltrate all facets of our lives. As a result, the Conservative Political Action Coalition has undertaken an effort to drive legislation through the country to protect children from the left's radical gender theory in schools, sports, and medicine, the letter reads. It continues, As such, we view Rep. Taylor Green's Protect Children's Innocent Act, Innocence Act, there we go, as common sense legislation meant to protect children. Accordingly, CPAC supports the Children's Innocence Act and urges you to co-sponsor the legislation, the letter continued. The Daily Caller reported Tuesday that the Wisconsin Department of Public Instruction promotes transgender video and reading resources explicitly aimed at preschoolers, according to a guide titled Resources for Gender Expansive Preschoolers. Disgusting. Hey, speaking of disgusting, let's talk about San Francisco. Nearly half of San Francisco, California residents say that they have been victims of crime in the past five years, according to a survey conducted by the San Francisco Chronicle. The Chronicle reported Tuesday, a sweeping poll commissioned by the Chronicle drew sobering results. Nearly half of respondents said they were victims of theft in the last five years, while roughly a quarter were physically attacked or threatened. The majority had negative impressions of law enforcement. Well, (laughs) you know what? I'll just leave that to you guys. The SF Next poll asked a random sample of 1,653 city residents more than 90 questions about numerous aspects of life in San Francisco. It was conducted in late June and July, and respondents reflect the city's demographics. 45% of people surveyed for the polls said that they had an item stolen within the last five years. Proportionately, black and mixed-race respondents felt a more severe impact than other groups, with a majority 54% black respondents and 55% of mixed-race respondents reporting they had suffered theft. Property crime rates were lower for white residents, 43% of whom had a possession swiped within the time period. Critics of the poll suggested that it may have underreported crimes against Asian American residents who feel vulnerable lately. The Chronicle also reported that two-thirds of 65% Uh, that's 65%, that is, of residents said life in the city had declined since they moved there. Yeah, I wonder why they moved there. Quote, the greatest unhappiness stems from frustration with the city's biggest seemingly intractable problems, particularly homelessness, public safety, and housing affordability, as well as with the politicians who haven't solved them yet. And who voted them into office? That's a question I would want to ask. Anyways... Dime Payments. Dime Payments is a Christian-owned processing payment business. Every business needs a payment process system, so please... 
Go to dimepayments.com slash FLF and sign your business up. Working with them supports us. They won't cancel you like Stripe canceled President Trump. They won't cancel you like MailChimp canceled the Babylon Bee. Check them out. At least we have a phone call, or at least have a phone call with them, and say that CrossPolitank sent you. Go to dimepayments.com slash FLF. And now it's time for my favorite topic, sports. Uh, although, can we really call running a sport? <laughs> I know, I know. Take it easy, guys. Take it easy, runners. I know you... I, I hate running. Boston Marathon creates non-binary category for 2023 race. The Boston Marathon has succumbed to the next radical LGBTQ plus agenda by creating a non-binary category for runners who claim to be neither male nor female. Boston Athletic Association confirmed on Monday that the new category would be included in all its races, including 5K, 10K, and half marathon going forward, according to the Daily Mail. The new category was seen in registration information released Monday for the marathon's 127th run, set to be held on April 17, 2023. Officials have not yet finished crafting its qualifying standards for so-called non-binary runners, but the online applications will include non-binary as a gender option. Quote, discussions are ongoing with non-binary athletes in an effort to further promote inclusion at all BAA events. We view the first year as an opportunity to learn and grow together, the BAA said in a statement. The Boston Marathon is not the first race to add such a category. Race organizations in Philadelphia and Brooklyn have already set up non-binary categories for sponsored races. Some on social media worry that allowing non-binary runners will lower standards for entrance. One social media user, for instance, noted that if they don't make the standards uh, hue toward the higher male standards, slower runners will abuse the category just to get qualified in a race for which it is notoriously hard to win entry. And that's been your news for today. This has been Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief. If you like the show, hit that share button down below. If you want to sign up for a club membership, sign up for our conference with that club discount, then sign up for a magazine subscription. You can do all that at fightlaughfeast.com. And as always, if you want to email me a news story, ask about our conference, or become a corporate partner in Cross Politic, email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. For Cross Politic News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great day, and Lord bless.